This is episode 98 of the Rising Man podcast with Kevin Walton. Everything you are running away from is in your head. Yes, sir. Welcome back to the Rising Man podcast. I'm your host, Jetty Azuma. Buckle up, settle in, and get ready for another dose of wisdom from a very, very special guest that I have here on the show today. Before we dive in, I've got something for y'all. Listen, I'm going to be honest. I don't know for sure if every man needs a man's circle. I'm not going to go ahead and declare that every single man needs that in his life because I don't know every man. Therefore, I won't speak for him. All I can say is that having a men's circle has impacted my life in a way that nothing else has. It's right up there for me with getting married and having children. My commitment to my men's team and the support I've received in this space has helped me be the man that I am today. No doubt. I wouldn't be here. There wouldn't be any rising man. I don't even know if I'd still be married or be able to be the father that I want to be. Straight up. So I'm not telling you that you've got to sign up for the rising man fire circle, but if you vibe with what you've heard on the podcast and you know deep down that there's more work to be done in order for you to live up to your potential, then take the leap. Don't think about it. Just jump right in. Now's the time. Your last chance to jump in at our $33 a month rate for the fire circle ends this Saturday, November 30th. So do it right now. Go to patreon.com slash rising man. Sign up today. If you're feeling it, even if you've just been on the fence, go take that jump right now. I'm telling you, you're not going to regret it. All right, my guest for today is a special brother of mine who I just connected with at the Sacred Sons Convergence back in October, my man Kevin Walton. Kevin is recognized as a man who serves in many ways, most notably as an international transformation specialist, an activational speaker, optimal living consultant, and community builder, to name a few. His adept wisdom and varied skill set has made Kevin a premier presence and figure in the field of spirituality, mindfulness, self-development, and greater human potential. He is deeply driven by a sense of greater purpose to witness humanity evolve into a completely more developed expression of itself through love and divine wisdom. He believes that everyone is naturally masterful, miraculous, powerful, and innately loving. In this episode, we highlighted Kevin's journey of co-parenting a child after separation with his former partner, how he created a loving relationship with his child's mother even after breaking up. Kevin shared his fears around becoming a father. One of those fears was believing that having a child would take away his freedom and steer him away away from his mission, only to find that it deepened his connection to these things. If you want to show up strongly for your child, you must show up for yourself. Why this principle is essential for every man, every father on a mission, and why ignoring your intuition only makes the voice louder. Kevin shared a mantra for changing energy in a tense relationship. I'm not your enemy, and I'm not against you. Really powerful story that he shared around that one. And we also talked about why compromising is not a good idea in a relationship and why dedication and cohesion are better choices. So without further ado, Kevin Walton. All right, Rising Man family, I've got another powerful brother here for y'all today. About to jump in with my bro, Kevin Walton, coming in live from Florida, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes, sir. Thank you for having me, brother. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Awesome to have you here, man. Awesome to have you here, specifically because of just your experience and what you've figured out how to navigate in your life with having a child and co-parenting with a partner that you're not with anymore. But also, man, you're just one of those dudes who takes all the spiritual wisdom and brings it straight down to earth. I told you that before we started recording, and there's not a lot of dudes out there who can do that like you do. So I'm glad to have you here, man. That means a lot, man. Thank you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's jump right in, man. I'm gonna ask you the question I ask everybody when we get started, and that is, what is the difference between a boy and a man? Mm, I love it. 
I mean, the easy answer to that, I guess, is you say maturity, but I would say more cultivated presence of self. Because like, you know, kids are super present in one minute of life. And as, as a boy, you're kind of, oh, there's like this interesting journey of exploring, but not really knowing what's going on. You know, may, you may be tapped into the ability to feel and not know how to handle it. When it comes to being a man, especially in this day and age where we're growing in self-awareness, I would say that difference is as men now, as a man now, in my guess, personally, I would say is having more more of that comprehensive presence of self. Like I know how to feel and I know what to do with it. Having more of a vision and purpose that moves me. And I feel like being a boy was more about just exploring and uncovering what I feel my values are or what means stuff to me or what purpose is. And so all those aren't fully cultivated or grounded yet, I would say, in, in boyhood. But then they, they get accessed and moved in, in a way more formal way when you're a, when you're a man. A fully embodied man or a healthy man. Yeah, yeah. That that part that really landed for me in what you said was awareness of self and knowing what to do with it. Mm-hmm. So I think there's also plenty of dudes out there who we become conscious and aware of ourselves. For me, at least, it was being aware of my emotions. Like, holy crap, these are some big feelings that I've got going on. And actually taking a look at that for a second, because you know I've got a four year old. I know you've got a, a young son too. A lot of those emotions in the beginning, they just feel them. They don't think about right. that they're feeling angry. It's just like. This is what I'm in right now. So the next stage of that is like, okay, now this is a big emotion coming up. What does this mean? What is this connected to? But knowing what to do with that, knowing what to do with the awareness we have of ourselves, that's that's like when the work begins, right? That's yeah. when we step into the, the that's when we step into the arena. Exactly. Exactly. When we show up in the game, like, oh, okay, so we're actually in this now. And uh, it's a different yeah. thing. And it's funny you mentioned that too with the kids. Like, I, I always remember this one particular moment that stood out in my mind with my son when he was. Maybe he might have been one. He could have been a little younger at the time. But we were like wrestling and he was so excited, so energized in this moment with all this joy and like zest for life. And he didn't know what to do with it. So he just bit my arm, right? Like really hard. <laughs> he was like, yeah, and I, was like, ah! and I know that feeling, but I could see the whole scenario. And it was like, he didn't, it's not that he was like, I'm going to buy daddy. He was like, I'm just so amazed and all in life right now. I don't know what to do. And I just, and he just like with that energy went and bit and that always stood out to me. It's like, there's times where we tap in this really dope space of energy. We don't always know what to do with. And sometimes it ends up being like a lashing out with it. You know what I mean? Right. Like as we grow and mature, it's like we, we know how to get a handle on that instead of lashing out. Yeah. Well, I think it's actually the healthy thing that kids do that a lot of adults don't is that the big feeling comes in and there's instantly an expression of that feeling so it doesn't get trapped in their bodies. And a lot of times it looks like some sort of acting out behavior. I know my son right now, I said he's four, it's it's so funny. It's definitely frustrating, but it's also hilarious. <laughs> if like my, my wife loves to come in and, and smother him with love and he's never been that kind of dude, right? So, so you can't help it, right? You just want to love up on your kids. Right. So my wife or, or myself even will come in and we'll give him a lot of love and he'll just like push it away and he'll go, ah, he'll start spitting and go, and then he'll go, I'm going to cut your head off. <laughs> We're just like, where did that come from, dude? That's kind of extreme, but it's it's like <laughs> we're kind of like worried. We're like, is this just a phase, or is he like foretelling the future? You know, we got. <laughs> but keep an eye on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it's that it's that kind of thing. It's like when there's something that's overwhelmingly emotional, then he's got to express it, and kind of like exactly, it's what we don't do as adults, right? We just we we take the big emotion and we just mm-hmm. compartmentalize it, stuff it down somewhere. So yeah, and then, what a, they, great great teachers, man. Yeah, oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Self reflection, one hundred and one. Yes, 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 man. So so speaking of big lessons and speaking of life experiences, I know I prefaced our conversation by speaking to you. I, I know for for the guys who are listening, 
And I mentioned earlier, you're, you're a guy who has figured out how to have a successful co-parenting relationship with a partner that you're not with. And as soon as you shared that part of your story with me, I said, man, there are guys out there who need to hear an example of what that can look like. And also just knowing what it took for you to get there. So I thought we'd start by you just sharing a little context of the story yeah. of you know how, how that all came to be so that we've got some background and then we'll, we'll drop in with some questions. Okay, yeah, perfect. So I guess kind of the initial aspect of the story, when my son's mother and I you know, were dating prior to him, we had kind of realized it just wasn't going to work and we weren't going to fit in that way. And we ended and found out that she was pregnant about a month after that. And so my initial, you know, in all honesty, my initial response was like, Sure, terror, like, no, I don't, uh, and there's no way, I terrified of being a father, didn't know if I would be, be an awesome father, plus I felt like I had this immense purpose I had to serve, and would this, would, would me living for my purpose make me absent for my son's life, or would having a son get in the way of that, all these questions, and I was actually getting ready to move to a whole other state, so but I wanted to be there uh, for my son, and, and she expressed that she wanted to have it, because she also had, um, it's like a rare blood type that, that having a child, you have to get like this shot to equate your body not thinking it's a virus. Um, and so I understood why she wanted to keep it. And so I wasn't not going to be there for my son. So I came back to Florida and we navigated the journey where we were together for like another three years before we had like kind of hit a really loud threshold and things got a little intense and it was time to kind of split. And we did that. And, you know, now my son is eight. And so through the course of that, it was an interesting kind of journey to get to where we are. But now this space we're in, just kind of give you that now spot is such an amazing, peaceful kind of supportive co-parentship, but it was co-parentship, but it was, man, such a journey to get there. Uh, grateful for the insights and the practice that I, that I teach and develop that really kind of supported me being able to do that. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, let, let me, let me start off with, you mentioned when, when you first found out that she was pregnant and you had this, this, the, wherever the brain goes, right? Yeah. Like, how is this going to fit in? This, this wasn't part of the plan, <laughs> right? Those exactly. curveballs that life, exactly. life hands us. It sounded like you came to the decision that, well, she decides she's going to have the child and I'm, I'm not going to not be there for my son. Yep. That right there to me was was commitment that you were committed. Well, hey, regardless of all the other things I have planned, this is this is important based on who I want to be. Didn't see this coming, but here it is. Here it is right now. So how was that just something that you came to? Like, like you felt it intuitively? You're like, nah, this is this is who I am. This is who I'm going to be. Did you go back and forth about the possibility of not being there for him? No, like I have my fears, but the moment when the moment was like decided that we're going to have this child, I'm there, you know, and I, and I was getting ready to move to Cali. Cause I, you know, at that time I'd already been acting and I was like, I'm going to take this acting to the next level. And like you said, yeah, we got plans and ideas and I didn't wrestle with that. I, I wrestled with the initial conversation. And then once it was kind of clear that this was happening, then my, my decision was very clear that I'm, I'm going to be there. Cause I'm, I'm a very firm believer in, in purpose and things showing up for reasons, but specific reasons, not just the arbitrary statement. And I also kind of had experiences leading up to that where, you know, I was getting these interesting visions and signs of things alluding to new stages of my life. And so in that same kind of presence of like, if this is here, this is something, you know, it means something. And, and being there for my son was like, in my own heart, it felt so strong. It was like not negotiable to not be there. For my child, you know. Yeah, man, I love that because what it reflects to me is something I think any parent can relate to is that decision that you're willing to do anything for your kids. Mm -hmm. You're willing to do anything for your kids. And I think that's going back to that boy or man question. There's a lot of boys out there who have kids 100%. who aren't willing to make their children. Yeah, I mean, they're not willing to make their children a priority. Mm -hmm. They're not willing to choose their children before they choose themselves. 
And that also has to be balanced in a healthy way with the mission that we have as individuals in our lives. Right. I know David Data, he talks about the mission being more important than anything else, including family, including your intimate relationships. Yeah. So how, how did you figure out how to negotiate that space? Because obviously you're still up to big things. Yeah. What I realized was, and it, it came super clear, like through the, pregn- through the pregnancy time, her and I were kind of like back and forth, man. We risked a lot. The, he had a, my son's journey of getting here is really interesting. I don't know the degree of which she'd be open to be sharing, so I'll, I'll, I'll fill that out. The, during the course of pregnancy, it was a little rocky, and I still have my fears. We struggle to make sense of certain things, because all the same things that we struggle with in a relationship don't go away just because the child's on the way. So it was, it was an interesting journey. As soon as he was born, though, fears were instantly gone. Like, huh. he came through, and I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, we're, yeah, yeah, and like, Things just activated in me that I didn't even know were there. Like I suddenly knew how to do it that I didn't like even read up or learn on. It was like slaughter. Yeah, this, this, and this. How did I know that? <laughs> I've, no like, I've made a burrito before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, easy. I got this. And just the desire to be there, you know, with him and for him. It was like that feeling that you know. I heard a lot of fathers before I became a father tell me that you know, there's a feeling that you'll feel that no one will never be able to tell you. Like you'll just come up. And it, and it also struck me with an interesting thing, which I'll touch on in a minute. But when he was born, it just got clear to me. And it was, the clarity was, he's not, based on the feeling I felt, it was like, he's not in the way, nor is he something that would take away from this child, this being is now a part of my journey. And that's what got really clear for me at the moment he was there. When I held my arms, it was like all the mind games were gone and I was just in that heart space. And it was like, this isn't in the way, this is a part of it. And it... And it opened up a whole new you know, process of energy and feelings for me that supported everything that I was doing, you know, like, like more clarity of access, looking at you know, my own self through him. One thing I did get super clear on, though, don't be self-sacrificing. And, and it's contrary to a lot of the concepts when we think about being a parent. It was if you want to show up for him the same way you want to show up for your purpose, you make sure you're you are taken care of within yourself so you can. Because I noticed like, you know, in the first couple of years, I was so dedicated to him. I was, I was, I always wake up early. So I was up and he'd be the first person I saw. He always wanted me to put him in the bed. And I, it just was a natural thing. If we were having people over, I instinctively was like always the one changing him, doing stuff early on. Cause it just, I loved it. I just, it was like, we were a road dog mm-hmm. and that, that feeling and that desire you know, brought up such a consideration in me that enhanced a lot of different dynamics. And Sometimes if I wasn't taking care of myself, I would have less energy to rock with him. And I would notice his, like, what's going on with you right now thing. And it was like, dude, you've got to make sure you're straight. Like, like you, there's no way that you can show up in anything if you aren't taking care of yourself, which we all know. As parents, you know, the idea is that we have to, like, literally martyr ourselves for our kids. And that is literally the direct opposite of what would be the most optimal thing to do. And that brought a lot of awareness for me. But all of that together, I would say it actually was a great realization that he was a part of it and in support of it, not something in the way, but it did demand me be more creative about how I handle things, you know? Yeah, totally, man. The the creativity part is something I can appreciate, man. It's just, how do you, because I've never, because until you're a parent, you've never done that before. You've never really had to truly make time and space for another dependent being in your life. If you've never had a kid, you've never had to do that. I don't care what kind of relationship you've been in. You've really never, unless you've really had to be a primary caregiver for another human being, then you just don't know what that's like. And I, I remember exactly that threshold that happened for me. The moment I first laid eyes on my son, I felt that same cellular feeling that you're describing. It's like, whoa, I ain't the same person anymore. 
Yeah, it's on now. Like it's a whole, it's a whole nother game. It's like it's it's same story, different chapter, but like it's like you just went into a different world. Now I will do anything for this human right in front of me, mm-hmm. and I know that they're counting on me. So I think that what you're speaking of is a natural threshold that every parent gets to cross. Is wow, I'm I'm really stepping into a whole new way of being of service in the world and really taking care of a human. And I think a lot of people forget that we get so caught up in providing that we don't take care of ourselves. Yeah. We don't take care of ourselves. So that's, that's another huge thing. Mm-hmm. Did you know when, when your son was born, did you, could you already tell that the relationship wasn't going to last forever or were you um, intending that maybe it would turn around? At that time, I felt like there was, there was still a possibility because I don't know, like I started feeling changes in me, so I don't know if that would carry over or not. And if she was experiencing a change in her or not, I know Early on in the pregnancy, in those days, I was like, I don't know if this is going to work. But then when he was born, it was like, well, then maybe there's a, you know, a way to. But then it, it got clearer and clearer um, as days have passed, months have passed, moments have passed, that there's a disconnect in spaces. And I think also part of it was what I realized early on, but I still didn't honor it at the time. So we, we still went on longer until it got way too loud, which, you know, I don't recommend that for everybody watching this. But it's, it's, it's a habit right. that we'll, it's easy to step into where you ignore intuition, you ignore the signs, you ignore the information until it gets way, way too loud. And sometimes that can be incredibly costly. Uh, however, for, for my situation, thankfully, it, it wasn't. Part of the journey of us, I had really transformed a lot within myself. And I started stepping a lot more into this version of me that I've, I'm now living far more embodied in that early on I was kind of stepping in at the time. And so she kind of met me at the tail end of the version of myself I was. And so I can only imagine for her, it was like, who is this person now? And, and, not, and I don't understand his choices and the way he's exploring life because she has a very specific way of seeing things. And so when you're living outside of that, it's very difficult to grasp. And that also kind of yeah. started creating, like made a larger rift in, in the dynamic between us as well. Yeah. Well, and so I'm not in that situation. So I'm going to ask a lot of clarifying questions because I see, I know a lot of guys who are, I know guys who it's like, man, they're, they're, they're only in the relationship because they're, they're fighting to be present for the children. They're, they're doing it for the kids essentially. And I've seen it go a couple ways. I've seen guys stick it out until the kids get old enough to where it's like, Hey, you guys are on your own. Your mom and I are going to separate now. We did our, we did our job to take care of you guys and keep two parents in the same household. And I've seen other guys that hit a boiling point where it's like, this ain't good for anybody anymore. We got to cut bait and figure out how to do this differently. So obviously everybody has their own unique path and everything is a choice. What was, how did you have that recognition that, hey, this is not good for any of us anymore. We got to figure out a different way to co-parent. The arguments and the, the conflicts just got louder and it was kind of becoming a super intense environment for our son. And then there is a particular situation in our dynamic that wasn't understood on her end, but I also wasn't going to waver on mine. And we couldn't see eye to eye on it. But I remember this one moment where I had just been like holding back, like, back energy and suppressing a lot of energy and not properly, you know, expressing or communicating because I didn't want to deal with, you know, arguments or fights, which is a terrible decision to make because it, you know, as you know, you suppress something long enough, it explodes. And we had this one, this altercation and it, and I just felt it. Like I felt this intense, intense anger and rage. And it was like, yo, this, if it goes further than this, you, you could end up being that dude on the news. You know what I mean? Like, Mm. Like, and if you didn't have a greater purpose or some form of self-awareness, this could like end terribly. And, and so like slowly but surely this, this moment came where it was like, we had this conflict and she was like, well, either you leave or I'll leave. And I was like, well, I'm going to leave. 
And prior to that moment, there was a couple of moments where I could have left before. And I also had that fear, like, if I leave, what does that mean? You know, for me being in my son's life. But what I felt in my heart was, no matter what, this cannot continue, you know, the way it's been. And so we don't, we, we just, we don't work in that way. And, and so I just left and I, I found, a, I stayed with a friend for a few days and I found a place. It was so important. When I, the moment I found the place, and the first night I slept there, it was like, yeah, this was necessary. And then even though the future is uncertain on how we were going to navigate our son, it just, it felt like a really important choice to make. And so, and ultimately it ended up becoming that. I fought it a few, a few times when I could see it was, it was time to walk away and I stuck around just a little bit longer. And then the last couple applications were just way too loud and, and the misunderstandings of each other was just too prominent. And um, where I was, I wasn't in space of knowing how to navigate that properly. Like the person I am now would have handled that completely different than the way that I did. And I don't know if that means we still would have been together, but I know it wouldn't have been the same, but definitely making that choice opened up a whole new space for me to navigate where I was and that dynamic for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I bet a lot of people out there, you know, if, if, even if it's not a mirror situation of what you have, but even just going through a breakup or any kind mm-hmm. of separation, whether there's children involved or not, there's that, I think it's something most men experience is that loyalty, the commitment, because commitment is such a big masculine quality that we don't want to give up. And and stepping away from something is like the first sign of, ah, I'm throwing in the towel, right? And so many of us have that fighter's instinct where it's like, I ain't going down until you knock me out. I'm going down swinging. And what I heard in your share was that the moment that you stepped away and removed yourself from it, just to say, hey, I got to get out of here. I need some space all that clarity poured in and you realize that, hey, yeah, this, this just isn't going to work because stepping away from the situation, I, I feel completely different. And so maybe that's something that guys out there listening, if you're in a situation like that, even stepping away for a few days just to get some breathing room, just to kind of get right with yourself again, yep. can you may walk away deciding, you know what, I am here to fight as long as it takes to, to make this work. Or you may say, hey, really, this it's, it's a lot better if we're not together. And maybe that's what we need to do for now. Exactly. And it is a feeling for the, for the men out there, like knowing how to making choices from fear and making choices from love or making adjustments rather than giving up. So me having that clarity was that feeling like, yeah, this was necessary. And it was also a choice I made from the heart. Like it just, I could feel it. Like there's, there's no way for us to continue. Like this. my initial staying there was the fear of like, well, what happens with my son? What happens with this dynamic? I don't know what's going to go on. And fear, if we, if we react from the fear and we stay in those spaces, that it, it's the distortions get so loud, you know what I mean? At times, and so that even like you said, if, if it isn't that you're so clear you're ready to step away, at least taking a couple of days or a day just to get some space yourself to really get clear on what it is you want and how you want to show up in your life, that space is necessary, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, that space is so vital, yeah, man, yeah, yeah. So, so walk us forward a little bit so that you reach this breaking point, if we want to call it that, where you said, hey, there's just, there's no going back to this. This Something's got to change. So how did you navigate that space in that period of time where you said, okay, this is what needs to happen. And what, what did it look like? We had a, we had a couple conversations after that about whether it stayed this way. And to me, it was clear because when we had conversations, there was things about me and you know, my life that she, she wouldn't accept. Like she would say, she accepts all of me, except this thing. And I was like, but that's, that's not the same thing. You know, like, like if, if, there's no way for it to work if you don't accept all of it. And for me, that was the first time I had ever been that clear. Before. Even though I wasn't being fully either heard or understood in what I was expressing, the clarity of not 
compromising on that was, was vital. And then what that opened up was a space to go, okay, well, for this is where we're at. We have to see what this looks like. And it was an interesting journey early on because there was like, I didn't have resentment towards her, but I, I still, there was still anger that would come up, you know, sometimes. And we would still go at it a little bit, arguments back and forth. And there were times where if, if she was really heated and I was supposed to pick up my son that day and she was like, no, I don't want to see you, don't come. And then I, and the decision I made in this moment was really important. I think this is something that would be really vital for, for men navigating this. When she said don't come, my first fear was, oh, so now what, is she going to, you know, like not let me see my son kind of thing? Is this what's going to happen? And then when I just kind of sat with that, something else came up instead over that. And it was, you know, you love your son. You know, your son loves you. That's never going to change. And don't be afraid of losing it. And that, I feel like became a huge catalyst to navigating a space towards peace with, with her and I, because I didn't react when certain things came up. If I wanted to see my son, I really wanted to see him and say, and we don't, and we don't have any like legal obligations. Like I have, I paid child support, which, you know, for me, I honestly don't feel like I had to be on it because, you know, he, my son has been half the time, me half the time with her. I have a place, I feed him, I clothe him, I do all that stuff, but that's the position I'm in. And I even went to the child support place to like, you know, fight it. And they're so adamant about like, whoever puts the person on child support, that's the only person I could take it off. And they were so like, rawly honest. The guy was like, man, she could have came here and said, I don't like the shirts he wears. We put put him on child support and we would do it. And that kind of gives you the idea of the system. And so for me, I teach, you know, like living from a creator space. So you don't play a victim to the world around you or society. And I, and I had to look at that and I, and so I just said, okay, if this is where I'm at, what does this creation offer me? So I don't go, man, the system got me down doing this. I take care of my son, blah, blah, you know, all that stuff. It was like, okay, here's where I am. Now, what do I do with all this information that's presented? And when I kind of recognized that, it was like, here's something that's a part of it. And I could like fight or tooth and nail in it, but there's nothing I can do. There's no way to force it. There's no way to force it. So that part I kind of like laid aside. And then, you know, I was up and down financially. Sometimes I was able to pay it. Sometimes I wasn't. And like, I would get behind on it a little bit, but he was always taking care of with me. You know what I mean? He always, always take care of him, pay rent, got him food, got him clothes. He was, he was completely provided for at my place. But when, if I want to see him and we're having conflicts and then I don't go over to see him, making peace with the idea of that was huge for me because it's very easy for us to kick on our ego, right? And, and, and kick on this idea of, well, now I feel like powerless or helpless because I want to see my son and they're, and she's fighting me on it, but ain't nobody going to do that to me. And you start getting this combativeness with perpetuates conflict. And for me, since we don't have legal obligations, like the court's not involved in the way that we share and co-parent our son. And I didn't want to get them involved. I don't want that. I don't want them, you know, them, them having any dictates or anything for this. And so what I would do is just navigate the spaces we were in. And so the, the thing for me was always, was, was being focused on continuing to create the best dynamic for my son. And sometimes that meant that I had to start getting a handle on what was coming up for me in regards to his mom. And the key for this, and I think this is really big for men in general, or anyone that's masculine, and you're familiar with David Diet, and he actually says something about this in his book, which is, which is really important, that it's not about finding a space as men that we can just arrive at and settle like, ah, we're good, right? We're constantly with that purpose to navigate becoming something more. And for me, what I started realizing was that's what my son's mother represented, is there's times we got along and there's times we would go at it. And when we would go at it, when I stopped taking it so personally and just started looking at what I was witnessing, I just started exploring what about this experience was asking me to be something more, whether that's more patient, whether that's more understanding, 
whether that's more clear on what I stand for, whether that's what is it, what I'm actually after when we talk. And that getting into that space, it was like, if we were having a conversation, this information I wanted to get with my son and she was coming at me, I wouldn't feed into it anymore. Right? Like it would just go by and I'd go, well, this is the information I'm looking for. Cool. The other stuff, we don't have to talk to each other and we don't have to keep doing that. And it took time to get there because there was times even where I would do that. And I was like, man, I'm getting a hand on this. And then she called me again with something. And I was like, why are you getting out of that? You know, and I was like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> okay, still more to work on, still more to work on. Okay. And the that became the thing. It was like, use it all. Use the wisdom of your experiences. They're all offering you insights to keep getting a handle on yourself. And the more that I did that, all of a sudden, it just kept getting like way, more peaceful, more peaceful, more peaceful. And whether she understood me or not, whether she threw jabs or not, none of it bothered me anymore because I was, I was only interested in us creating a solid dynamic for our son. And what was cool about her is, is though she will get angry and snap at and go in it and, and, you know, she's got that New York Puerto Rican edge to her and stuff, um, <laughs> she ultimately also wants the best for our son. And as long as I don't play the game with her like that, and my and the game that I play is love, consideration, respect, no matter what. I started watching her behavior with me change. Mm-hmm. And it was like suddenly she was open and listening to things a little bit more. Suddenly she had like even apologized for the couple of things in a dynamic was just to me because I don't know if I ever heard her apologize to me at not once in any time we were together. And so there was like this consideration that started kind of taking hold and it was so cool. And then and and I constantly repeat, repeated this to let her know it was like I'm not your enemy and I'm not against you. I'm not your enemy. I'm not against you. I kept repeating every time we had like little tips. It was like, I'm not against you. I want to keep working together. I don't want to keep doing this. I don't like arguing back and forth with you. I don't like the way I feel when we're finished. And and the more I kept doing that, it started opening a different space and you started watching the energy change and and we started working more together with how we rock with our, our son. And that was a huge kind of like journey of process to shift through that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Heck yeah, dude. I know exactly what you mean. And I want to dissect that a little bit more because you brought up something that's relevant to to everybody in a relationship, regardless of what stage of relationship that you're in. Maybe maybe you're on on the outs of a relationship or you're right in the thick of a committed relationship. There's always going to be that dynamic tension. It's just the laws of the universe is that there has tension must exist in, in all things. It's a matter of how we be with it, how we choose to be with it. And that that shift that you spoke about of going from essentially being a victim, like, oh, the system this, or, mm-hmm. you know, my ex that, or, you know, da, 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 whatever those things are, those circumstances, the good news is that if we realize that that's not, that those are the things we don't have control of, then we put ourselves back in a position of power. It's like, that. It's, it's pretty much a dead end. As soon as you give control or power up to the system, to the ex, to the whatever it is, it's like, man, there's nothing else I can do here. I'm just I'm just going to sit here and all I can do for the rest of my life is talk about my problems and how much I can't do about it. Right. And exactly. You know you know how big of a of a black hole that is. There's just nowhere to go from there. Exactly. 100%. Yeah, and it, it's so vital, man. It's like, you know, we live we live in part of my principles and standards, we live by the mode that you take responsibility, right? That's creative. You you own your circumstances, you own where you're at, and you own your ability to do something different. It's never about what's happening. It's about what is it off you and what do you do with it? That's it. So for me, that was the constant MO. If this is where I am, what do I do from here? If this is where we are. What do I do from here? And it, and it opened up a really cool space. So like I would reach out and I would center, you know, her and her mom love on, on Mother's Day. And I would, you know, like make a post to honor them because I, I genuinely appreciate her being the mother of my son. And 
Mm-hmm. And it was being able to, to recognize that that's okay to do that even when we don't get along, even when we don't see eye to eye, and even acknowledge that we're not always going to agree, but we'll find a way to make it work. And for me, that was always my thing. It was like, if there was an issue. It's like, look, we don't agree on this. We will figure it out. We'll navigate it. And that, that's part of that, you know, like master the essence enough that, of that presence of it will get handled. And that was so, such an important thing, man. And it was so easy to want to go in that victim mode. It's so easy to want to make excuses for your situation so that you can like. So tempting. Yeah, and, right? So you'd be like, what am I supposed to do? Uh, you know, this is this. It's that, <laughs> I, and that. I can't win anyway. <laughs> right? <laughs> right, exactly. And you're like, is that, is that really what you, what you want your life to, to rest? You know what I mean? So, right. um, but it just mattered yeah, more right. to me to do something and be more, you know, for sure. And that, mm-hmm. that helped me. I think the biggest thing on that too is you have to eat. You have to eat some shit sometimes. Like there's times where my ego would want to be like, man, you better fucking put her in her place. And it was like, mm-hmm. and I was like, quiet down. Like, take a seat. I'll handle this. <laughs> like, I'll, <laughs> back in, I'll handle this. And it was like, and that, oh, and that shift was huge for me because, you know, part of my practice when I teach and create it is, is recognizing everything as reflections, right? So like I used to say like, man, she's so difficult. And then I just started looking at things. It was like, well, she could be difficult, right? But if she can be difficult, is it true that you're also, you know, you could also be difficult and stubborn and you know what I mean? And, and I was like, ah, oh, yes. I don't like that. Yeah, right. It's like, dang. And so there's, there's humility necessary to making dynamics work. I will say this though. And, and I don't know what this is like in popular opinion compromising is a terrible idea. People talk about you got to compromise in a relationship and I completely disagree. It's not about compromising. It's about dedication and reaching cohesion. So mm-hmm. if there's something that I, I wanted to, to do or, or with him or something that she wanted to do with him and there's certain things that we would respect that, certain things we wouldn't and would they be deal breakers? You know, and, and for me, it was always like, what am I most dedicated to? And if I was most dedicated to the well-being of my son us building a strong dynamic for him and us supporting each other and raising him awesomely, then I will do what's ever necessary to support that. And so if, if the time I wanted to go see him, and it wasn't often, like I've, and I've seen this dynamic with some of my friends too who also have kids. They just, they get into it with their mother often and you watch those situations where they start using the kid and you know, like back and forth. And I was like, I refuse this to be that. And, and right. she ultimately would move beyond that too. So there's moments where it was like, no, you don't get to see him today. But it wasn't like a long stint. It was just for that day. And instead of getting like, oh, about it, I was like, you know what? I can use this time for something. I trust that the love of my, that I have for my son is always going to be there and he's going to know it. So I'm going to allow this moment and I'm going to focus on and use this time for something. Rather, you know, and because my dedication was to something greater than just myself. It was to see our dynamic become something more than it was. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally know what you mean, man. I'm thinking of all of the all the men I know out there who are in this kind of dynamic. I see it. I see, and it, and it breaks my heart because I see when I really take an objective look at it, I see the man, see the father, I see the 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 woman, the female, the the mother, and all that they're really trying to do is find some solid, stable ground in which they feel safe and secure to be the parent that they want to be. Hundred percent. And and it's like a tug of war versus versus actually sitting down and coming to a resolution together. Just because you're separated with somebody 
doesn't mean that you have to be on opposite sides of the field. Exactly. And I think that's such a na- I think it's such a natural dynamic. It's like, well, if you ain't with me, you're against me. <laughs> yeah. It's like some it's like some old school yeah, East Coast mentality, yeah. dude. It's yes. it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. At all. And I get that I don't know what it's like because I'm not in that situation. But I've been through breakups before and I remember going through some that were just like that. It's like, well, if you ain't with me, you're against me. So right. fuck you. Right. Uh, but, but that's, that's such an ego trip, right? That's, that's exactly what you were talking about before. It is. I had a conversation with a friend the other day. I was telling people there's, there's absolutely no reason why anyone is incapable or, or, or could not be friends with their ex. Like the only, the only yeah. difference is emotional maturity. It takes emotional maturity to stay friends with people that you've had something with, but everyone has the capability of doing it. And so, and when mm-hmm. it comes to dynamic where kids are involved, it's even more vital, right? Because now you have some, you have another dynamic between you and to know that you could actually make sure that it's a partnership and not a, a slug fest. You know what I mean? Not, it's like, yeah, yes. it's so important, yeah. dude. Like, you know, it doesn't, it does not have to be that way. You can find a way to work together. And, you know, I'm grateful that she, she, you know, ultimately it's the same way. It was like, whenever certain moments arose, because I, I didn't always show up the best. And I had to own that. You know, I didn't always show up the best in our, our relationship, our romantic relationship at all. So what I didn't do, I had to own. Or what I did do, I had to own. And I don't feel like she always owned some of her stuff. But the, what was interesting was one time I saw her make a Facebook post where she had expressed this reflection of how she felt coming home to me, but she didn't put my name in. It was like this subliminal Facebook. And she had been married at this time. She has an awesome husband, which I love her husband. Really cool cool guy. I, I support him being another uh, father figure in my son's life. I'm very grateful for that. And I guess that's another dynamic where I don't, I'm not selfish and I want my son to live a phenomenal life. And if mm. she married someone who's an awesome man, I'm not going to like be afraid that, Oh, does that mean now my father role is like less or does it, is, you know, like I didn't even go into that at all. I was like, I just want to know you're a dope dude and he's a really cool dude and I love him and I'm grateful that he's in my son's life. And that was a huge thing for me too. But I had to, you know, like only things in our dynamic. When she made that post, when she was describing certain things, I was like, that's exactly the way she was talking. That's exactly how I felt. And we, and, and for all the times I wanted to have conversations with her to go in there, she wasn't big on having those emotional conversations. And so the entire time of our journey, that was another like insight for me was we felt the same way and just never had a conversation about it. And I still, I don't know if that would have meant we would stay together, probably would have, but we would have ended more respectful. And, and, that and I feel like that's another thing because now that I do this work, I, now I'm like thriving with doing transformation work and coaching, and I work with couples a lot, and and even not just couples, different people around the world, everyone ends up feeling the same exact way and never communicating it, never talking about it, never opening a space to maneuver through. And that was another thing was if I'm feeling certain kind of things, at some point you got to realize the other person is too. And when we're not being so selfish about victimizing ourselves, we open up a platform to ask questions and to explore what else could she be feeling. And that also brought more compassion from my end towards her so that she went through some really interesting experiences and some intense health issues. And I just want to support her. You know what I mean? And I just, you know, like want to let her know that, you know, I love her and I support her and, and, and I hope that she, you know, like is healthy and heals well and those things matter. And, and so I'd show up in that capacity, no matter what our issues were. And I think that also she was able to recognize that in me also to know that even when we have our struggles, I still do care. Even if she doesn't believe it at times, I still care. And she was receptive enough to let that soften her that we could continue to mold stronger co-parentship and then keep working together in certain respects. You know what I mean? Totally know what you mean, dude. And 
I think about this when I look at some of my friends and, and my brothers. I won't put any of them on blast, but sometimes I look at the dynamic and I'm like, he'll come away and he'll he'll feel like he won. Like, like I won that argument. And I'm like, dude, if you walk away from an argument feeling like you won and she lost, even if that's actually objectively how it right. is, then your son, your child is also losing. 100%. Like your, your kid also oh, loses. You if, if your partner Perfectly. is losing, then your kid is losing. If anybody, mm-hmm. if the, either of the parents are losing, then the child is losing and that's not a good thing. And I just look at that and I'm like, and, and that, that's that's in like a separated relationship. That's like in a, you know, divorce, uh, you know, whatever kind of partnership you have. It's also in like the, the partnership I'm in with my wife right now. It's like if, if one of us is losing, if we're if we're fighting for one of us to be right or to win, then everybody loses. Yes. <laughs> oh, you said that perfectly, man. That's so yeah. true. So we, we got to find a way to get our get ourselves out of that. And that's actually what I want to hear from you before we start to wrap up is you shared so much about how your journey was of overcoming the ego. And man, you know, <laughs> the ego is like facing off with Mike Tyson, right? like in his in his heyday, in his prime, like Mike Tyson in his prime. <laughs> so so like practical steps, like like tools, strategies for, for really facing off with that ego and being able to overcome. You said you said sometimes you got to eat shit. I, I say sometimes you got to take the L. You just got to take the yeah, loss and, for the greater win. That, exactly. It's, it's the difference between long-term and short-term and having a vision. You know what I mean? And also one thing I teach a lot of my practice is that the ego isn't really an enemy, right? The ego, the way I like to talk about it, the ego is a child. It's a child, right? It's like, it, there's no way to have a physical experience of human beingness in a physical universe without having an ego because it's a psychological framework of personality, you know, traits. And so it only functions from the awareness we give it. And that, and so that means is if you walk around saying people are out to get me, no one gives a shit, you know, this girl doesn't care, blah, 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 and you, and you enforce that, that's how your ego functions. Your ego's like, yeah, no one cares about me. I got to fight for my life. I'm going to do this and that. And so like, you're literally like raising this little pit bull of, a, of an ego that when we become more self-aware, we start maturing the ego. And, and that to me, when you start to treat it like a child and you, and you mature it like a child, it's a different thing. So one thing first off above all else, and this is something that I think everyone speaks to when you feel stuff come up and you want to go in, like breathe, breathe and step away, breathe and step away. Like literally, oh, and be, like just grab yourself, move, especially when it's like elevated. When it comes to not being in those situations and you want to prepare on how to navigate them or handle them, it's more about kind of setting a standard for your life. And so some things I recommend is when you're, when you're by yourself or make time on your own to get clear about what your standard is. Like what, what's my standard as a man? What's my standard as a father? What's my standard as a partner? What do I ultimately want out of this? And you start making deliberate choices toward everything you do. If I'm going to get on this phone with my son's mother, what is my intention for this call? Am I in this to go at it with her or am I in this to get some information? Am I in this for us to build a, a stronger connection? Right? That you, you actively take steps to get clear about what you're doing when you're doing it. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's such a simple thing, but so easily overlooked. You know, like getting present. It's just to like, literally just, yo, sit down for a second before you call, before you talk, before you check in. And just get clear. What are you doing this for? What are you after with this? And it's enough. What it, what, it, what it ends up doing is keeping a reference point. So like if I'm on the conversation and it starts veering off in a direction because it's like, well, you always blah, blah, blah. I just check in the reference point. Is that what I'm on this call for? Nope. Not on this call for that. Cool. <laughs> so let's just veer back to what the subject is. And that, dude, it's, it is life changing <laughs> to do that. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> like create a reference point before uh, you start, yeah. and it's so. And, and what that ends up doing is actually maturing your ego, because then you get less caught up in the instant gratification of wanting to win, and you simply navigate the spaces within yourself and within that communication dynamic. Dude, and it's it sounds so simple, and I also know that the application and practice of that. You really have to be committed because it is an extra step. It's it's yeah. another thing to do in an already full plate yeah. of all the things that you're going through as an individual to take that moment just to pause, to breathe and ask myself, what is my intention? What is my purpose? And I think even having a, a bigger vision for our lives, clarity around what we're trying to build, knowing that it's it's not going to be, you know, piece by piece, the, the, maybe the exact way we want it, but the vision of the future we want, especially when it comes to your relationship Based on that vision I have for the relationship I want, what is my purpose and intention in this conversation? What, where do I need to come from right now so that that can still be a possibility? Because if I want to have a successful co-parenting relationship with my ex, then my intention for this call can't be to completely break her down and make her feel ashamed of how she treated me yesterday. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, exactly. That, ain't, that ain't gonna serve that. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Like, that's Just not, that's doesn't that, doesn't add up. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like, you, you're like, yeah, you're like, cool. Let me know how things are going in a week. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> legit. It's so, it's so important, yeah. man. And, and, I, and you also discussed something really important, which I imagine this is, 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 is true for you, is at some point as men or being masculine, you have to have a vision for your life. You got like, like there's, there's when, you, when you know that you're living for something, you have a lot more information to maneuver and you have information to check when you're off course, right? But if you don't have some sense of direction, you have no idea when you're in the week. You have no idea whether you're moving forward or backwards. And, and for men, and I guess also I'll say for everyone listening to this, that's, that is the biggest thing. It's like what, and it doesn't have to be massive yet. You can create a 40 year plan. You can do all this stuff, but just where do I want to be within myself as a human being within a year? Where do I want to be with myself in the dynamic of, of this relationship as my child gets older? Where do I want to be if I'm with my partner, right? Because you guys have the, the whole family dynamic present. It's like, where, will, where do we want to be within this family dynamic a year from now, two years from now? And for us to be able to take a moment to ask, answer those questions and not excuse ourselves because we're afraid of, of exploring that, right? Because then we'll go, I don't have time. I'm like, dude, you ever sit on the toilet for five minutes? Take a notepad in there with you. <laughs> like, come on. You got time. <laughs> Everyone's got time. You know, got time. So because um, it's easy to want to excuse ourselves, but it's, it's so necessary. And that's, that's a part of the maturation process for us all. Yeah. And you can't afford not to have time for stuff like that. It's literally, when, yeah. when you look at it, I know a lot of guys are like, oh, well, all that heady talk. It's like, dude, look at it logically. If you don't know where you're going, let's say you're trying to get to your homie's house, but you don't have an address. You ain't putting anything in the GPS and you sure as shit ain't going to navigate yourself by the stars. <laughs> right? you, gotta, you, gotta, you gotta know where you want to end up, even if it's just an idea of a region that you want to end up, exactly. but something to steer yourself towards. And if you don't have that, if you don't have any sort of clarity on that, then you don't have any business doing anything else. Cause otherwise you're just, you're just hacking away in the darkness. And I know what it's like to be there too. Right. So I've got compassion for it, 100%. but don't tell me you don't have time. Cause you can't afford not to have time for stuff like that. hundred percent. Now, if you want to live a rich, optimal, <laughs> fulfilling life. <laughs> Boom. There you go. <laughs> Wow, man. I, I really appreciate everything that you share. It's like crazy how just the time flies on these conversations. Obviously, I'm, I know there's so much more I'm, that I'm sure could be said, but is there, is there one final synopsis or, or 
compart uh, or compressed message that you'd want to deliver to men in general or, or men specifically in a similar situation that you haven't already said? Yeah, I would say try to bring in all the comprehensive message that could probably open up a different space for men. Recognize that we're all in this together and that it's more truer than not that everyone feels the same way that you, you do and may not know how to express it the same way you don't. And if you can take time with that, maybe you'll, you'll take, you'll develop a little bit more patience. You know, you'll, you'll, you'll want to work through things a little bit more and work together rather than work against. And, and when you do that and you start approaching life from a space where everyone can win, it's a different game. It's a different world. And it's something that everyone deserves to know is possible. Truth right there, man. Beautiful. I love that. What a way to tie up that conversation. All right, man. Well, listen, before I cut you loose, I'm going to ask you a couple of quick lightning style questions right off the cuff, shooting from the hip. And at the end, you tell us where guys can go to follow you, find you, and, and get to be a part of your, your world and your work. So you ready for the lightning round? <laughs> All right. What is one thing that you've learned in your life that you wish you knew when you were 18? Mm, be more present. Just be more present in everything you're doing. <laughs> nice. Good one. And uh, what do you think is the most important value to have as a man? Honesty. Honesty. Honesty, honesty with yourself. It. Honesty with yourself. Honesty with yourself. Yeah. It, it feels to me like that's even like a higher level of honesty. Supreme honesty, right? Like radical, like real stuff. <laughs> Legit. Honesty. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. So last but not least, man, tell us where we can find you, uh, all the links, all the socials, wherever you want to direct people. And also anything, if you got something exciting coming up, people can be a part of. Legit. So I'm on, I'm on social medias. Source Radiance on Instagram, uh, Source Radiance on YouTube, Source Radiance on Facebook, and I'm part of the, the Sacred Sons movement, so they can find us on Instagram and Facebook there, and, and on the website, sacredsons.com. My personal website is unlimitedcreativepotential.com, and the Lightbeings, lightbeingscommunity.org, which is a group that I've developed out here. And what I have coming up, um, a couple of men's circles here in Florida, and the an EMX, Sacred Sons EMX event we're doing January 3rd through the 5th in Florida. Um, and I'm getting ready to launch um, the first ever three-level system of my, my practice. My, I'm breaking it down to three eight-week courses. And so in December, I'm going to launch the first one of that. And so if you guys hop on any of my social media and check it out, um, I'll start posting things about it. And it's, it's about you know really knowing how to live in your fullest expression and uncovering where you aren't doing that in any aspect of your life so that you really can show up the way you've always uh, both felt that you could and truly are meant to. And so those are some of the things that have, mm. you know, happened and where to get at. Yes, bro. Oh, man. And for you guys, if you guys aren't already following this brother right here, man, you definitely got to just tune into him and also get yourself into his space. Because I'll say from firsthand experience, I got to be a part of the workshop you did over at Convergence. And dude, you're like a Swiss army knife, man. You, you come at me from all different directions. It's like there were seven of you in the room at once. And it's like, whoa, whoa what? After like 90 minutes, like what, what just happened to me? I, I feel different. I, I don't know. He's still standing in the same spot, but I feel like he's behind me and all over the <laughs> like oh, a real deal, man. Like you're you are a multifaceted weapon of of love and inspiration, dude. So uh, any of you guys out there, you got to follow my bro right here. Uh, he's he's the real deal. Yeah, that means a lot, brother. Thank you, and thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you for this platform and creating this space for men to share. I, I commend you on all, all the work that you're doing. It's so necessary, and I love your presence. And your connectivity to earth, life, and relationships. So thank you for everything you're doing, brother. It's a joy to witness. Yeah. Which I'm sure all you guys who are listening to this know because you're here following this man, which is beautiful. <laughs> thank you, brother. 
Definitely receive that, brother. And the feeling is mutual. So lots of love. We'll make sure we put up all the links so people can get involved with you. And yeah, man, we'll have to catch up further down the road. Catch a, catch another dose of, of your of your wisdom, man, straight from the source. It'd be an honor, brother. Thank you, man. <laughs> all right, my man. Be well. You too. I knew when I met this brother, I had to have him on the show. And I specifically asked him to come on this show and share his experience of creating a successful partnership with a woman that he shared a child with who he was not in romantic relationship with. There are so many men out there. I know you guys, I know you're listening, who are struggling, struggling to figure out how to be the father you want to be when you couldn't make the relationship with the mother of your child work. I've seen it very close to me, some very close brothers of mine. I've seen it in men's circles on my men's team. And I know how much pain there is for men who just go through so much, so much suffering, trying to figure out how can I make this dynamic work? And when I got to talking to Kevin about his circumstances and how he figured out how to do it, and obviously he's very open with how it wasn't all rainbows and butterflies from the beginning, I knew I wanted to have him on the show. And so I hope that all of you guys gained a hefty helping of his wisdom and his magic because Kevin truly is a unique person. Make sure you follow him up. He's the real deal, man. He's everything that he says he is. And he has a very special way of taking all the esoteric spiritual verbiage and putting some grounded logic behind it, which is, that's my kind of guy. So go give him a follow. Make sure you check him out and support the things he does because he's a powerful man walking this earth. And make sure you guys sign up and join us on the side of the Rising Man Fire Circle. Like I said, you got two days to sign up and grab that $33 a month rate. Go to patreon.com slash rising man. Do it, do it, do it, do it. You won't regret it. I promise. Check out the show notes for links and resources at the risingmanpodcast.com. Subscribe to the Rising Man Podcast. Follow us. Leave those ratings and reviews on iTunes or wherever you listen to us telling us about your biggest takeaways, insights, reflections, and whatever it is you appreciate about The Rising Man. Also check us out on Instagram, at Rising Man Movement. Doing big things over there. If you guys noticed, I brought a couple other brothers on board. My man Phil Gomez and my brother Sean Berry who are stepping in. You'll be getting to know them a little bit better in these next couple of weeks here. So tune into what these brothers are sharing because these, these guys are pillars. Pillars in this work and helping me carry the banner of The Rising Man from here on out. As well, as the stalwarts on my Rising Man power team. Rowan Tyne, Julian Subic, Mark Rose, and Sean Offenbach. I love you brothers so much. Until next time, rise up and claim your destiny.